Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus and his disciples arrived at the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite of Galilee. As he stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he, was not, and he did not live in a house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wilds. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? He said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. And they begged Jesus not to order them to go back into the abyss. Now there on the hillside a large herd of swine was feeding, and the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these. So Jesus gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swine herd saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came out to see what had happened, and when they came to Jesus, they found the man with, from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. And the man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with Jesus. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Happy Juneteenth, everyone. No, that doesn't seem right. What is someone who is not black supposed to say and do on a holiday like today? In America, we love to celebrate, don't we? Whether it's St. Patrick's Day or Cinco de Mayo, Thanksgiving or, in my family, Sitten de Mai. Any excuse to hang with loved ones and eat some festive foods and celebrate seems like a good one. But if you're like me, you've likely never even heard of Juneteenth until recently, because it just became a federal holiday last year, only one year ago. We've ignored what's often called Black Independence Day, or Juneteenth. When the Declaration of Independence was signed in 1776, black people were still considered property. Therefore, the freedom found on the 4th didn't apply to them. And while the Emancipation Proclamation in 1863 declared an end to slavery, it wasn't until the end of the Civil War, more than two years later, that news of the emancipation finally reached 250,000 people still enslaved in Texas. For more than 150 years, Juneteenth has been celebrated by communities around the country. 
People gather to celebrate black culture, honor black history, and remember the freedom fighters who paved the way. Juneteenth is a day of celebration for black people, and it should be a day of education and remembrance and mourning for non-black people, especially white people. So today we began our liturgy with the confession of our own racism, overt and subtle, known and unknown, past and present, asking God to empower us to speak boldly for justice and truth, working for freedom for all people in the name of Jesus Christ. Now on Sundays we follow a liturgy or a lectionary each week, which means that we don't choose the scriptures for Sundays. But sometimes, like today, they choose us. This Sunday's texts are about freedom, a naked man being freed from his demons, and the freedom that we have in Christ because there is no longer Jew or Greek, enslaved or free, male or female. In the letter to the Galatians, Paul passionately proclaims that everyone is free in Christ. There is no distinction, for in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. It says, as many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean that our differences will disappear, but that our differences are to be celebrated instead of used as weapons to distinguish who's in or out, or good or bad, or worthy or not. Until recently, I didn't know the story about Elizabeth Key, an enslaved woman from Virginia in the mid-1600s who gained freedom from her enslavers because of her baptism. She and a white former indentured servant argued before a court that because she had been baptized and was a practicing Christian, that she was free in Christ and could no longer be enslaved by man. Now, of course, the story is more complex than those two sentences I just gave you, but it's true that the committee who heard her case in 1659 determined that because she was born of a white man and was baptized the same as he was, that she ought to be free and paid for the time that she hath served. Soon afterwards, others began arguing for their freedom based on their baptism into Christ, no longer slave, but free. Of course, that didn't last very long, and white slave owners in Virginia took action to change that law just 11 years after Miss Keyes gained her freedom. The new law said that baptism does not alter the condition of a person as to his bondage or freedom. Cases like Elizabeth Keyes helps to highlight the ways in which justifications for discriminatory practices were intentionally built over time. The sins of white supremacy and systemic racism didn't just pop up overnight. 
And these systems of oppression won't be dismantled overnight either. More than 400 years of slavery in America before the first Juneteenth celebration. And then another 100 years plus years of, of racist laws and attitudes and actions before the civil rights movement. And then today, although some of the laws have changed and some believe that we've had our racial awakening and don't see color anymore, the all too often reality is that bias, prejudice, privilege, supremacy are still demons. Demons that possess people and keep you and me from being free in Christ. In the Gospel reading today, there is a man who is possessed by many demons. Not just one, but thousands of them. Jesus asked the man his name and he responded, My name is Legion, which is also a Roman army of 5,000 soldiers. It's as if to say he has many, many thousands of demons that are tormenting him. The sources of his brokenness are countless and the assault on his mind and body and spirit is multi-pronged. Now, we may not be standing outside the gates of a cemetery, naked, as this man was, but we all know what it's like to live with brokenness and sin. We are all, every one of us, vulnerable to forces that seek to take over and separate us from God and separate us from each other. Sometimes we talk about those evil forces as systems of oppression, systems that surround us like the air that we breathe, so entrenched in our lives that we often don't recognize them alive and well within us. But there are other de demons too. In addition to the systems of oppression, there are demons that go by many different names. Some of us suffer from depression or anxiety. Some of us are addicted to sex or alcohol, wealth, thinness. Some of us are prone to bitterness or caught up in cycles of dishonesty or are in lust with our own rightness. Some of us can't shake a traumatic memories, or some of us were abused as children. Some of us are seething with jealousy. Some of us are imprisoned within systems of injustice that stretch back so many centuries we can't even imagine liberation. Some of us experience our skin colors, our accents, our genders, our sexualities as magnets for other people's hatred. You see, if we expand the definition of possession to include everything that conspires to keep us dead when God wants us alive, everything that keeps us bound when God wants us free, then this ancient story is not an oddity about a crazy demon-possessed naked man but it is a reflection of our own lives. We too seek freedom from all that torments us. And like the healed man, we find freedom, salvation, in the presence of Jesus. 
because there is no death-dealing power in this universe that can stand, that can withstand the saving, healing, resurrecting power of Jesus. There is no death-dealing power in this universe that can withstand the saving, healing, resurrecting power of Jesus. We always live in the uncomfortable tension of the now and not yet. Yes, we are already free in Christ to live in unity where there is no separations by color or class or gender or religious affiliation. And yet, there is work to be done for the healing and liberation of all of God's people because we cannot be fully free until everyone is free. Our hope, our hope is grounded in what Jesus has already done, in the power that he has already demonstrated. And that means that we have every reason to go out from here and share the good news of God's freedom, of God's love, of God's liberation with confidence now just as the healed man did. With thankful hearts and voices raised as our closing hymn encourages, we will tell everyone what God has done with shouts of thanksgiving. Alleluia. <laughs>